Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. It was the festival of the dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have as our psalm for today the most beloved of psalms, and with good reason. Uh, it's one that speaks to, I think, our deepest desire um, as well as our deepest connection with God. You know, we want to know that someone is looking out for us. We want to know that there is someone there who loves us unconditionally, who nurtures us, who feeds us, who will care for us. We want to know that Someone, we matter to someone. Um, and in the psalm for today, in Psalm 23, we have that, an emphatic yes from God of absolutely, I am there, I will never leave you, I love you to the moon and back, as the wonderful children's story says. Um, Even through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. Uh, that wonderful promise from God, and I would consider this... Um, where we really see God's role as parent fully, you know, that this really is a psalm about how, how much God is like a parent to us, because this is like the best parent. Even if you had a terrible parent yourself, we have the assurance that in God the Father, we have sort of the best parent ever. Uh, that think about this psalm, you know, um, is going to take me where I need to be to be fed in calm times with lush green pastures and wonderful waters that are fresh and crisp and ready, that is going to be there with a rod and a staff. Now, how a rod and a staff comfort, I still do not understand that one. Because a bishop's rod, I mean, a, a bishop's rod, they do have that. A shepherd's rod and staff are meant to poke and prod the sheep and, and to hook them and pull them when they need to get uh, away from whatever they're going, whatever direction they're headed in, which is a true and wonderful parental action, right? Sort of some correction, some course correction, hopefully gently, uh, but sometimes we need a little good poking and prodding to get us moving. There's also the promise in that, that um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not the good shepherd keeps me from the valley of the shadow of death, but the reality that life is going to take us through hard times, but the promise is that we'll never do that alone, that God will always be with us. 
Even in the worst of times, we know we will never be abandoned because God is always there walking us through that journey, walking with us in that journey. Even preparing a banquet in the face of our enemies to make us ready for the time when we are able to return to that banquet and enjoy it fully. Man, this is just good news. Like we want to we want to wallow in this. Like we just want to revel in it. Just, you know, just get in there and snuggle up under Psalm 23 like the best blanket ever. Uh, it's that kind of a psalm and with good reason. Uh, we want to know that we are cared for. Uh, so uh, when I had Hannah, I gave her a fair warning about two minutes ago that I was going to talk about her. Uh, when I had Hannah, new parent, no clue what I'm doing. I might have changed two diapers in my life up to that point. Uh, n- absolutely no idea what I was doing. And my mom came to stay with us. Uh, she was with us for a couple of weeks, blessedly helping me learn how to be a mom. Um, and it was, it was a hard first couple of weeks as a new mom. Hannah was about the color of a pumpkin when she was born. Um, because she was jaundiced. We have different blood types, and so that meant that she uh, unfortunately had to slough off some of um, her time with me before she could fully function. And so she had to be underneath ultraviolet lights for a week in the hospital, and and she didn't want to eat, and we did everything under the sun to get her to nurse, and I had no clue what I was doing for nursing, and My mom was there all the time, tickling Hannah's feet, getting her to eat, making sure that I went and saw a nursing consultant, and sort of helping me every step of the way, including the day that I got home from the hospital, fixing my favorite meal. And y'all, it doesn't get any more Southern than this. It was chicken divan and squash casserole and all my favorites. (laughs) That was the best meal of my life because it felt like coming home after being so stressed, right? The stress hadn't stopped, but that helped. (laughs) And I remember she sort of helped get me organized and all the supplies in the kitchen. And then the day before she left, I remember distinctly standing in my kitchen with her and having a, oh no, moment. (laughs) Because I realized she was leaving the next day. And I'm looking around my house and thinking about all the way that she has been caring for me and my new baby in these past couple of weeks. And having a, a little, little panic attack of, oh, oh no, I'm about to have to do this with Derek. We're going to have to fly solo here because um, my mom must leave in town. And I stopped and I grabbed her and I said, I get it now. And I just want you to know that I get it. And I am so sorry <laughs> for everything I ever did to you. <laughs> And she laughed, and I laughed, and we cried, and uh, had this great moment, because it was in that moment I realized it was my time to pivot, right? That I was the child being cared for up to this point, and now she's about to go, and I needed to pivot and become caretaker and mom. It was my turn to fully step into that role. Um, Oh, no. Uh, pivoting is hard. It's hard to then step up and take on responsibility. And here's the thing, friends. That's where we are in the life cycle of the church. So Holy Week and Easter and the first few weeks after Easter, that's new baby time. That's celebration time. That's Jesus has risen. He's still with us. He's still getting the fish. Even, bless him, 
Talk about a, a, a faithful parent. He's even died and come back to make sure these boys are fed. <laughs> He's walking around, teaching them their last lessons, making sure they're prepared to go out into the world. He's doing the last things he can. But now, where we are is Pentecost is coming. In just a few short weeks, Pentecost will be here. We have to get through Ascension Sunday. We have to say our final goodbyes to the bodily presence of Christ in the world because Christ is about to get on the train and go home, right? And then Pentecost will arrive, and that's the birthday of the church. That's, that's when we have to have pivoted already. So we are in that process of preparing to pivot. And we see this in the life of Peter today. This is such a wonderful reading from Peter the past few weeks We've really been hanging out with Peter a lot, and Jesus kept trying to tell Peter, Peter, you're going to be important. It's going to be your job to take on my, my role as chief shepherd um, and pastor. You're going to have to do these things. Peter, in, in Christ's life, wanted to be the perfect child, the perfect student. Oh, pick me, pick me. Always the right answers. I can do this. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. And then immediately would fail because that's what Peter does. He's like the child who wants to be so perfect and just can't help but get all over himself, right? Just gets in his own way, is going to fail at every turn. So much so that within less than 24 hours, he says, Jesus, I will never betray you. And the next thing we know, he has betrayed him three times, not once, but three times, and has disappeared from the story. Bless you, Peter. And even after Jesus is back, you know, the past few weeks, we've been working with Peter. We've been watching Peter pivot, right? We've been watching Peter pivot. Peter sees Jesus, the resurrected Christ, on the shore. And remember, Peter, Peter walked on water to get to Christ, but when he realized he was on water, he started to sink. Y'all remember that story? Yeah. So just, just in the past two weeks, we've had this story where Peter sees the resurrected Christ, and he jumps in the water because he's not afraid of it anymore. Peter's pivoting. He's not afraid of it anymore. He believes in himself. He's not walking on water this time. He's swimming for his life, but he does it. He's no longer afraid. And then last week, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Now, Peter doesn't fully grasp what all of this means because he gives sort of the wrong answer. It's not a complete answer, but he answers and then finally, in today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles, we see that Peter has made the full turn. And this is our lesson for us today, my friends. Peter's made the full turn. He has accepted that his job is to be the shepherd now. That he's been through his time of being nurtured and cared for. And now it's his time to stand up and take care of others. He shows up and prays for the power of God to revive Tabitha. And he does. Because it's his turn. And that's our lesson for today as we prepare for Pentecost. Is that yes, there are absolutely moments in our lives when we need to pull Psalm 23 up over our heads and pretend like the world doesn't exist because we are in the thick of it and we need some comforting. We need some motherly and fatherly love to just bathe us 
and give us peace and let us know everything's going to be all right. And those are the times that we hold on to Psalm 23 for dear life because we need that balm for our soul. Yes, yes. But most of the time, most of the time, we need to pivot. Most of the time, it's for us to be Christ in the world. Most of the time, it's for us to say to Christ, Yes, love you. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Yes, Lord, I will feed your sheep. The work of Christ gets done in the world because we then step up and say, Just as I have been nurtured and loved, as evidenced in Psalm 23, now I'm ready to stand up and reach out those same arms of love in new form to people hungry to people starving, to people naked, to people struggling, to people addicted, to people who just need to know that someone is there for them. That's our work in the world. That is being the body of Christ in the world. Some days we still need to be loved. Some days we still need to be nurtured. Some days we still need to be the kid with arms wide open, hoping so much that the Father will pick us up. Most days, most days though, most days the work is ours. Most days the rod and the staff are waiting for us to pick it up so that we can be that encouragement to someone else, so that we can pick up the mantle and do that work in the world so that someone else benefits from knowing the peace and comfort of Psalm 23. So let us get ready. Let us start to turn our minds to Pentecost Sunday and be ready to pivot because that's the work of Christ. Amen.